Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Welcome back. Weekend Fantasy Update. Fantasy Taz, Joe Galina, I'm George Kurtz. Taking you to, well, I'm taking you to 1 o'clock. And then Jim and uh, Jim and Joe will take you to 4 o'clock. Covering pretty much everything there is NFL. Although the next segment at 12.20, we're going to talk a little fantasy baseball. Joe Galina and I will talk some fantasy baseball for you. As the baseball, just five weeks, spring training, five weeks away. There are spring training games in about six weeks. Really crazy to think about it, especially when you consider the weather we're about to get up here this weekend. So, Jim, uh, actually, yeah, we didn't discuss... Just, uh, real quick, I just want to say, in, in you know, getting ready for baseball, I, I literally just got Joe PCP's uh, black book the other day. Been uh, tearing into that a little bit to, uh, to try and get myself up to date. Man, some good stuff in there. Yeah, Joe's great. I miss working with Joe. We used to do a Tuesday night show with Joe. That was a lot of fun. Uh, really a lot of fun. Uh, working with Joe was uh, pretty much encouraging craziness. So uh, it, it, was, uh, it was fun to work with Joe. Uh, all right, news and notes around the, uh, the NFL this week. Uh, we discussed it briefly earlier. and We, we ended it at the end of the segment. Dallas finally uh, makes a change here. They uh, let Scott Dillingham go, fire him, whatever you want to call it. I got a couple of questions here for you. Right move, wrong move, and who's coming in there? Ah, good question. Well, first of all, I think it's right move. I'm not a Scott Linehan guy. I, I think he's a good coach, but I just think his offense has gotten very predictable. And I think they need to make a change, especially now that they have a, a good wide receiver in, in Cooper. Um, you know, so I think that they definitely need to upgrade that. The fact that it took them so long to realize that they needed to get Zeke Elliott involved in the, the passing game to me was a huge tell. Uh, I don't know how you don't get him involved right from get go. Uh, it, it's not like coming out of college, everybody's like, you know, oh, oh he can't catch the ball. Uh, you know, it, it was nothing like that, yet it took them forever to get him involved, which just didn't make any sense to me. And to me, that's, you know, not only on the offensive coordinator, it's also on the head coach, who I also think should be gone, but um, somewhere he's got dirty pictures of Jerry Jones uh, doing something naughty that, you know, keeps him hired. Uh, I really can't figure out any other reason why you keep this guy as your head coach at this point. Um, this team hasn't done anything in years. Uh, you could say, how about them Cowboys as much as you like, uh, but it doesn't really help the team win. They need to do something drastically. And, you know, Linehan was a good start. Now, as far as where they go, I mean, you know, one of the names that's been mentioned is Todd Haley, but I can't see that. Jerry Jones is not going to want a guy like Todd Haley on, on staff who's going to challenge everything that gets said and wants to be done. Jerry Jones still wants control. We know that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're Ian Rappaport uh, from the NFL Network is reporting that there's a good chance the Cowboys' current TE coach, Doug Nussmeyer, uh, could become the offensive coordinator. Now, you know, I don't really know a lot about Nussmeyer, so I can't really speak to him. Uh, I know he's a former quarterback, and he's had some coordinating experience at the college level. So it's going to be interesting to see if that comes to fruition. But, you know, one of the other names that, that's out there now that I think would be a, a really good fit is Jim Bob Cooter. I think, you know, his the way he wants to run an offense and with the talent level that Dallas has at this point, I think he'd be an excellent fit. Yeah, I mean, all the names I've heard of Scott Turner, Norv's uh, son. He could be uh, a possible fit. Uh, some people throwing out uh, West Phillips. Well, he, he obviously does work with uh, McVeigh, so maybe. But uh, <clears throat> I think he, <laughs> at least he knows McVeigh. I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll be a big name. 
because uh, almost everybody on the current Cowboys staff will be uh, is in the final year of the contract. So I think Jerry knows if he he's not going to fire Jason Garrett now. I I completely agree with everything you said about Garrett Linehan. I'm not going to rehash that. I think everybody knows I hate Garrett. Uh, he needs to go. The staff needs to go outside of maybe Chris Richard. But uh, now that's the problem be is the I think coach. Yes, yes, but that's I. That's it's not. Uh, you see, you make me mad because he's not the. <laughs> uh, I hate Jerry Jones. Uh, hey, at least you didn't. At least you I, didn't lose him. Yes. Oh, believe me, I was thrilled when I heard Miami was uh, decided on Flores instead of uh, Rashard. Thrilled, because I'm gonna yeah. be like, great, we're gonna we're gonna lose Rashard. Garrett's gonna stay for another year. Uh, it's just, uh But uh, since everybody's on the final year of their contract, I think Barry knows if Garrett doesn't get pretty far next year, he has to. He has no choice. He has to go. All right. You, uh, no matter how much Garrett's a puppet on a string. You know, how much I can control him, how much I can sit in the meeting rooms and go on game plans because Garrett's there. Uh, he's going to have to go. You know, so I think that's where uh, Jerry is right now. Let's see how everybody performs when they know their job's on the line. See if I can get something out of him that way. I'm not saying it's the right thing, not at all. I said I would fire, I would have already gotten rid of everybody and started from scratch. But I think that's where Jerry's going with this. That's why this is not going to be a, a big name guy. It wouldn't shock me if it is uh, the, the tight ends coach, Les Meyer. Although his record as a... As a coordinator at college, it wasn't very good either. So uh, I think that's uh, maybe the way uh, the way uh, he goes there. But uh, it's just uh, scary, you know, scary uh, what's uh, what, what Jerry Jones thinks. Uh, although so I don't buy what came out earlier. That you think it base basically it's a one year fix, do it or gone for these guys. Pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, that's why I don't think a big name's coming. And I don't think he's going to hire Jim Bob Cooper for three, four years. You know, give him a three, four-year contract. Because the, new, the next head coach may not want him. Not that it may, not, no, no, may no, matter. No, Jerry I, may I say, it. hey. I get it. No. You you're the head coach, but uh, you have to keep this guy. Jim, you know, he, he could do something stupid like that as well. All right. <laughs> Pittsburgh. They came out, right? We heard, uh, we heard the owner come out this week, Mr. Rooney, and pretty much say uh, he doesn't see too many ways that Brown's coming back. Now, things could obviously change. It's February. Uh, February. I wish it was February. It's January. <laughs> you know, uh, they could have a meeting of the minds like Fournette and Jacksonville did if you buy that, and maybe things are going to get reconciled there. But let's say he's going to get traded. Okay, where's he going? Oh, it, it, you know, it's going to be to a team that has the cap space. <laughs> um, you know, they could do it. And, you know, they, you know, Jets could be one team that could definitely use him. Um, you know, I like Robbie Anderson, but I don't think he's a real wide receiver one. I think he makes an excellent wide receiver two. Um, you know, it's really going to come down to who has the cap space to sign him and who wants to take on the headache. And, you know, it, it's going to come down to a team that is at the point now where – they don't care about the headache. They need to make a move to make their team better. Um, and, you know, I could see Miami making a, a play for them. You know, teams like that, um, that that really need that guy. You know, heck, I, I'd love for Cleveland to do it, but there's no way they trade him to Cleveland and have to face him twice a year. Um, so, you know, more than likely, it's going to be an NFC team uh, so that, you know, they only get to face him every once in a blue moon. And maybe by the time they face him again, he's gone. Uh, so, you know, that's what they probably they don't want to face him because they know what, a you know, a, a, he'll want to come in there and torch the heck out of them if they have to face him twice a year. So I think that eliminates a lot of the AFC. I think we're looking at just the N NFC that's going to have a legitimate shot at making a trade for him as to who it is. Man, I, I could see a bunch of teams making the chance for him. I mean, Detroit could really use a number one. Look, uh, nothing against Marvin Jones or, or Kenny Galladay, but neither one of them has really shown to be a true number one. And Detroit does have some cap space. So, you know, teams like that, um, uh, I don't know, maybe a Washington, you know, talk about a team that has no problem throwing money around. Uh, that their team, and they, they don't have as much cap space, but I'm sure with the offseason they could make something work. So, you know, I think a team like that has a good shot at him, and he's yeah, – I don't think he comes back to Pittsburgh. I, I know there's, you know, a few months and anything can change, but I, I think at this point he'd have a hard time getting the backing from his team more than the coaches, uh, and, and that would bother everybody involved because why? how would you want to play with a guy that, you know, bailed on the entire team? And I don't care what the reason is. I don't care what – precluded it i have no care about any of that the fact that he walked away from a team that needed that game to get into the playoffs to me i i wouldn't want to play with the guy again 
Oh, I agree. I don't think he can go back to Pittsburgh. I mean, especially when you hear all the former play. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders killed him this week. Uh, you know, that we all know that Ryan Clark killed him in the, in the past as well, which makes you, you know, when the former players are telling you about another player who's still playing and all the problems he has, wow. Uh, no, I, I just, uh, the same, uh, your original two teams, I agree with you. He's not, he's certainly not being traded within a division. That's not happening. And I think in the perfect world, the Steelers don't want him in the AMC. They want to ship him as far away as possible. Sort of like what, uh, New England did with Garoppolo. You're going to trade him, trade him to the other conference. Makes perfect sense here. Uh, I, the first two teams I thought of were the same two teams you mentioned. Detroit and Washington. I'll give you two others, though, that I've looked up here. San Fran. They have $46 million in cap space. San Fran. And no yeah, real right, wide absolutely. receivers. Yep. That's, yeah. So I think I, they could we be. We talked about that during the week. I, it just didn't come to me right off the top. I agree. San Fran. Good. What, what did, numbers did you see? Because I didn't look at the numbers for them. They have $46 million in cap space. Oh, yeah, so they have yeah, $46 they million. Got the money. Okay. Cool. And how about this? Seattle. They have sixty million. Ooh, Seattle. They they don't usually make that kind of play though. But man, that would be nice, especially if you think Baldwin is is you know where he's going to be for the rest of his career and not having good knees. Um, if you're really truly worried about that, I, man, I could see that, especially with the cap space. But they they Pete Carroll's usually not known for that. Is he going out and making those big free agent splashes? No, he's not. Well, he want to give up uh, a first-round pick and, and then some. They're you not going to get a first-round pick. They're not going to get a first-round pick for him. There's no way they get a first-round pick and have to pay the guy $20-plus million right off the bat. There's no way that's going to happen. I guarantee you they won't get a first-round pick. And the fact that they're going to get less for him uh, than, than Oakland got for Cooper is it, just amazing. It's going to kill people. That's how the cap works. Yeah, that's just how the cap works. And, you know, it's just amazing to me. And, look, I've never been a, a huge Cooper fan because of the inconsistency. Uh, but i got to tell you, I think he found the right place and the right quarterback for him because the one thing I like about Dak, and a lot of people put Dak down, and I'm sorry, I – I still think he's a damn good quarterback that's only going to keep getting better. Has a couple of things he needs to work on, but crap, most of them do. Um, uh, and, you know, I fight with Corey about him all the time. He's the Dallas fan that hates Prescott. Uh, but, you know, I guess I should understand that since I'm a Giants fan that doesn't like Eli. Um, but uh, I think Prescott's pretty good. I'd trade you Eli for Dak right now. Um, but uh, the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, this offense is there. And if bringing him in, the fact that they throw him 50-50s, all that kind of stuff, all the kind of things that he's good at, going up and high-pointing the ball and taking it down in traffic, and they're doing that, what they didn't do before in Oakland. So I think that's a good move by them. And I totally forgot where we were going, and I got so sidetracked there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're a GM of an NFL team, um, let's let's say it's a contending team, Uh, maybe not a great team, would you want to bring on Brown? For all the reasons we just mentioned, you know, he seems to be a team killer. Teammates don't really like him. He's an I-me guy. uh, Or do you say, hey, you know what? It's not not worth the risk. He may blow my team up. How would you feel? I mean, how do you feel about that? Let's say you got to give up a second round pick. You got to pay him $21 million. And you got to worry about your locker room, especially if you have a locker room that you think is tight. Well, and I agree with that aspect. One of the reasons why I I think the Giants should should sell. Odell Beckham. I love the guy as a talent, but I just hate what he does otherwise. Um, and I'm not a big fan of having that in my locker room, but that's why Washington keeps coming back to my mind is because they have an owner that doesn't care about any of that. <laughs> that doesn't phase him whatsoever. Can you play football? Are you any good? Hey, I'll give you all the money I can. Come on over here. Um, and, and the rest of it be damned. He doesn't care about that. So I, I think that's why Washington could be a great fit. Um, and as a Giants fan, I don't want to see it happen because <laughs> we don't have nobody to contend with Antonio Brown on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, that way. But uh, that's why I think that he's a good fit there because they don't care. They're not going to worry about that, whereas other teams will. Um, you know, that's why probably you would take Detroit off that list is because I don't think they want to deal with that. Um, so we'll see. It, this is going to be one of the things that we are talking about all year round, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, football never ends. 
It never ends. The one problem for Washington being right now, they only have $16 million in cap space. Obviously, listen, cap space, we can say all that all we want. We know it's, it can be manipulated. Like you can get whatever you, whoever you want under it if you really want to spread the contracts out long enough and extend people. But uh, it's, I think he would, would make a splash there. <laughs> Excuse me. I guess right now they have to worry about quarterback first. See if Alex Smith comes back there yeah, right. before you That's worry about who you are, wide receivers are. <laughs> yeah, they've got some the issues there. A couple of running backs are free agents after the year. Now, one was disappointing. Tevin Coleman didn't do really do all that well outside of a game or two when Devonta Freeman went down. And the other one, Mark Ingram, still playing here. Where do you think they end up after the season? Well, Mark Ingram's already said he's willing to take a pay cut to stay in New Orleans. Uh, he doesn't want to move, I guess, at this point in his life. And you know what? I, hey, if I'm Saints and he's willing to take a pay cut and stay there, I keep him. There's no, no doubt in my mind I keep I thinking, you know, if anything ever happened in the Camaro, you got an instant number one sitting right there and wants to be there. So if I'm the Saints, I make that happen every day and twice on Sunday. Um, as as um, well, Tevin Coleman, uh, man, I, I don't know. I think he's going to want to go out and try and get himself starter numbers, and I think that's going to hurt him because he hasn't shown anybody this year that he can be a starter. Uh, at least not, you know, uh, on a consistent basis. He he had a couple of good games, but for the most part, he was very underwhelming as a starting running back uh, uh, to the point where Edo Smith was being discussed as whether or not he should be the starter. So, you know, I think he's going to have a much harder time. I think he's a guy, though, that could go to a team that wants to run a committee. Um, you know, I, I could see uh, Philadelphia making a play for him, um, you know, just based on the age and the other guys that around, maybe they want to bring in somebody like him. Outside of that, it's kind of hard to visualize where he goes because I think he's going to look for more money than he's going to get. Yeah, he hurt himself. I don't think there's any doubt he hurt himself. Pretty much had the starting job to himself, and you mentioned Eo Smith almost took it from him. They had a great passing attack, yet you couldn't do anything in the run game. Strange. Just a strange situation for Coleman this year. Definitely think he hurt himself. All right. Little football news for you before the big game tomorrow. Joe Galena and I will be back. Talk a little fantasy baseball after this. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, go over a little, little basics here. Uh, Jim Day asked a couple of questions earlier about what positions you're worried about here. We'll see what else we got for you. Weekend fantasy update. Joe Galena, Jim Day, George Kurtz back after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Sean Breeze is back. Breeze is rocking. Little bells, bells, ACDC on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, George Kurtz, the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. We've been talking a lot of football. But, George, like I said, kind of like towards the beginning of our show, I really, really get a kick out of doing, like, you know, baseball drafting, mock drafting in fantasy baseball in January. Like, it was supposedly, uh, uh, who, who is this, uh, Winter Storm Harper, I think, is coming. I, you know, I, I just wanted to, like, do a, uh, a mock fantasy fo- uh, baseball draft as the snow comes down. <laughs> I think I've done a real draft as snow has come down. I think I know I did. <laughs> last, last year I did one for uh, a best bull of a Sirius XM <laughs> with, like, mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. 
couple of names there. I think Derek Hardy was in. He ended up winning the league. Uh, and uh, we, it was, we had a month of snowstorm here. Matter of fact, my wife got into a, a tree branch, fell in our car. She was on her way to work while oh. I was doing that draft live on air. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was fine. Wow. Car not so much, but she was fine. But yeah, uh, so mm-hmm. I've actually done, I'm sure most, a lot of us have. It snowed into April last year. So uh, yep, you know, I was actually yep, doing yep. A, a regular draft. This was in March, by the way. So it wasn't like it was in February or January. This is an actual draft in late, late March. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we only have one segment that we're going to dedicate to to baseball, and it's going to go real quick. So just in general, uh, what's your favorite uh, type of league to play in? You, you, you're a uh, five-by-five roto, or do you, you know, do you like uh, points? What's your favorite? Well, I mean, listen, the fairest league is, is always going to be points. Because then you get the best mm-hmm. team, you go from there. But I, only my home league is points, generally. Every now and then I'll get another one. I, I play more 5 by 5s than anything else, by, mm-hmm. by far. <laughs> uh, I mean, auctions are, are always the fairest way to play. But I'll be honest, I only mm-hmm. play in one auction. And the reason is simple. They just take too long. And I can't spend yeah, eight hours yeah, at really my even, even at home at my computer, right? I can't do it. Got yeah, kids here, the yeah. wife. I, I just can't do it. You know, it's mm-hmm, just that mm-hmm. they take too long. But it's by far. Anybody who says they want to, you know, I'm annoyed I couldn't get Mike Trout, then go play in an auction. Turn your league into an auction. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a chance. Just right. go spend your money on them. You got them. You know, so, right. uh, but I, like I said, for me personally, since I play in, if I was only playing in one league, yeah, it'd be an auction. Since I play in double digits, well, I can't do double digits. I can't, that'd be 10 days in March that I'd done. No, I can't mm-hmm. do that. Auctions are fun. Also, uh, live drafts, whether it's fantasy football, fantasy baseball, uh, nothing like uh, drafting live oh, with the uh, best. people in your league. Yes. So if any of you out there haven't been uh, a part of a, a live draft where there's live people, the people in your league there, it's just uh, something to definitely experience. But Yeah, uh, you do a live draft so, with uh, dead people, it doesn't work as well. No, no, you could do it, but uh, it won't work as well. <laughs> That's very good. But um bump for, for George Kurtz. <laughs> so uh, the two main guys, the two main free agents still uh, not signed, Manny Machado and uh, Bryce Harper. Now, uh, Manny Machado, there were some rumors that he really wants to come to the Yankees. Where do you, I mean, there's rumors that uh, the Phillies are interested, the White Sox are interested. Uh, where do you think he ends up? Well, we're hearing right now that uh, you mentioned the White Sox and Phillies are the teams we know. The Yankees don't seem to be interested. I think it's, it's a, a mistake by the Yankees. Yeah. Only right. Uh, I think it's a mistake mm. by the Yankees not to be interested if the price ends up being a bargain. Which at two twenty five, right, right. two fifty million. I know it sounds silly, but that's that's a bargain from where we thought he he was going to go. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. Manny pretty much. Any chance he had of playing in New York, probably with that comment he made about hustling not being his thing. Yeah, uh, that probably mm-hmm. killed it. You know, we we've mm-hmm. told, we've, we know this. You're a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. The Yankee fans used mm-hmm. to get on Cano all the time because he didn't hustle down the first base. He jogged, right. you know, on, right. on you know, easy ground outs. Remember Gary Sanchez last year in Tampa Bay? Granted, he had the groin injury that nobody knew about at the time, but he jogged down the first base, and it, uh, the shortstop ended up dropping the ball, still got him out. Would have been a game-tying uh, error in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. And it's something he may never yep. live down, even with that injury. And Manny Machado's doing mm-hmm. that. Forget you know they'll they'll get all over him. So I think he played himself out of New York with that comment. So I, I think uh, yeah we heard the Phillies say they want to spend a stupid amount of money. Although they would spend a stupid amount of money, but they haven't. You know, so mm-hmm. little surprising here because they uh, Machado fits that team. You know, they could use a shortstop slash third baseman there if any way they want to move him to. They traded Crawford away. You know, Franco's been disappointing. So I thought he made some mm-hmm. sense there. But it seems to be the mystery team, which sometimes is just a ploy. But in this case, it seems like mm-hmm. there's more than one mystery team. And now we're hearing right. that uh, one of the mystery teams is actually the pole position. They have the lead as far as the mm-hmm. best contract offer. Manny wants to go to New York. I think if New York was, cl- was close, uh, let's say the mystery team was offering 225. If the Yankees over 215, he'd go to the Yankees. I think he really wants to mm-hmm. be here. His wife wants to be here. But I, I, just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, right now it's the mystery team. And I'll tell you, uh, Joe, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what the mystery team is. You know, who yeah, is who it is, right? If it, was, right it has to be some, a team sort of off the radar. It can't be Boston or Los Angeles. That would get out. You know, so who is Do this mystery team? the Angels have any money? I mean... Uh, <laughs> Boy, with Pujols and... Maybe they got to save it for Trout in a couple of years, too? Uh, yeah, I can't think true. it's the that Angels. It did go through my mind, though, and they've made some moves this, uh, this winter. Yeah. They have. Yeah, they, uh, they surprise you sometimes. Just signed Cody yeah. Allen, too. But I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the Angels, too. I mean, I keep going through it. 
You know, it's just no team stands out. Uh, Texas, they've spent money in the past. They're going into a new stadium uh, next year, which in my, in my mind is weird because I, I love uh, whatever it's Globecom, whatever they call that stadium now. But uh, yeah, they're going into a new, new stadium too. next year, yeah. so maybe. Right, it's beautiful. I love that stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But whatever. That, so maybe Texas, they've uh, dawned on me. Uh, that's not Colorado. Oh, that's San, yeah. Fran. <laughs> San Fran? They need some pop there. Maybe. Yeah, Could yeah. Be, maybe. You know, San Fran. I mean, other than that, I don't see anybody else in the American League. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's Detroit. They've spent money in the past, but not since Illich has passed away. And I think they know they're not there. Minnesota, I can't see them. Toronto, Atlanta has plenty of uh, in-house talent they don't need to spend. Yeah, I, I don't see them. You know, you, you, them needing him. I just uh, That's it. So I think it, I think it has to be one of the teams we just talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, I mean, let's take a, a quick look at, at what's been going on in terms of, you know, the first round or two. Earlier in the show, you mentioned, uh, maybe take a look at a couple of specific players. Uh, first base, and I kind of agree with you, it being a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, not that many uh, options for you as in the past. Uh, what about uh, Joey Votto? How do you feel about Joey Votto this year? Uh, if you look at what he did last season, I think he just had 12 home runs last year. Do you think that he's turned the corner on uh, on his season, or do you think that he could be a nice bounce-back candidate? 284 batting average last year, 12 home runs, 67 runs better than him. Yeah, that's, that's ugly. All right, that's what it is, ugly. Now, he was hurt a lot of last year, banged up off and on, especially in the mm-hmm. second half of the season. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna, you know, he played 145 games, but only 623 at bats. But he was banged up a mm-hmm. lot, and there were times we were wondering where, you know, he'd play, but we wondered is he gonna go on with the L? He had the knee and knee problems, and he didn't. So I think that's part of the problem, not the complete problem here, but part right, of the right. problem. I mean, you look, you look at his other numbers. You know, stucky percentage was down almost 160 points. That's a Big dip. His OBP was still good, but not as great as it, as it has been in past years. Down about 30 points from what it was three years prior. You just wonder, what was the problem here? You know, his isolated power was almost cut in half. You know, his contact rate was down slightly. So what's the issue here? Is it just one bad year? Or is it the sign of, you know, hey, uh, he's going to regress. He is 35 mm-hmm. years old, Joe. You know, it, well, you it, take it could a look be at, at that the... time where... yeah. Yeah, Nick Dicker from Fangraphs, average fly ball distance he listed for him has gone down every season since 2016. So, uh, you know, that is a good question to ask. Uh, have we seen him turn the corner? And tell you the truth, I think I think he may have. I mean, it, it is odd for a guy like him to just lose it all at once, though. It is. It is. It's it's, it's strange. Uh, but he's he's 35. Like I said, I just wonder mm-hmm. if, uh, and let's say he doesn't lose it, but let's say the injuries keep uh, mounting up. Once again, 35. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could easily happen mm-hmm. here. Uh, but that being said, uh, I mean, because the position is so, well, it's, it's kind of weak. You know, I, I mentioned mm-hmm. the other names before. There's not a lot there. You know, it's it's right. weird. We think first base, we think, oh, there'll be 10, 12 good first basemen. No. You know, after you get the yeah. past about half that, five, six, it gets real scary real quick about who you want to grab. I mean, we'd all like Joey Gallo, to, maybe 12th, you know, 13th best. Can you believe Joey Gallo? <laughs> I mean, I know he can right. hit 40 home runs for you, but he'll bat like 204 as well. <laughs> I mean, Eric Hosmer is in the top 10. Justin Smoke. These are not guys you want mm-hmm. leading your team. Carlos right, Santana. Right. You know, it's, it's, it gets real scary real quick. That's why, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to I'm gonna grab a first baseman first round. But, you know, if I'm at... You know, nine, ten, somewhere around there, and Goldsmith standing there, or Freeman standing there, Rizzo, mm-hmm. you know, top second round, I'm probably going that direction just to alleviate one headache that I know I'm going to have if I happen to wait. Because, like I said, you keep looking mm-hmm. down and down and down. <laughs> I don't like it. I know I'm waiting on catcher. I always do. I don't care about catcher. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us are going to have terrible catchers. Second base looks okay, although, once again, even that gets scary after the first uh, seven or eight. It's a little deeper. Shortstop, I think is, I'm okay with. I, I can go ten deep there, and I'm happy. Yeah, third base, I don't mind that. I Either. And you, you brought up a very good point uh, when we talked about this earlier. You're in a 12-team league. You start five outfielders. That's 60. Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah. you know we remember we got a utility. So out of that, start probably half out real quick. 
Right. Now you're at probably half the people in that league are starting outfield on your utility. You're at 66. You know, we all have mm-hmm, an mm-hmm. outfielder or two as our, uh, on our bench. You're at 80 outfielders that are gone. Mm-hmm. They're right. gone before you even get to the waiver wire. So outfield, and listen, mm-hmm. there aren't 80 starting positions because uh, there's a lot of uh, platoons in the outfield. So or guys Absolutely. who are just there for defensive. You know, it's just, so outfield gets real scary, too, as we go deeper. But once again, mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a problem there as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a couple of players that have fallen out of the uh, first round. Uh, one guy that stands out is uh, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, according to NFBC ADP, uh, overall... 33 ADP. Uh, Walker Bueller, number 39. Uh, and when you look at uh, the, the first uh, starting pitcher that comes off the, uh, the board is, is Max Scherzer uh, at number six. Uh, there's been a, a bit of a shift in, in the starting pitching world, hasn't there? Well, I think with Kershaw, it's, it's, it's you know, you're not going to get 30-plus starts. You're just not. Right. You know, and right. that's a problem. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. tough to spend a first-round pick on someone you know is going to give you, what's your over on the 22? 23? I mean, he's great when he pitches. Maybe not as great as he once was. That's the other issue there. But you mm-hmm. know, you just know he's going to get. I mean, Joe and any, whether it's football, you know, we talk about Leonard Fournette. Uh, if it's hockey, other players who, if you're great, that's, that's awesome. But the most important right. ability to me is availability. And my first couple of picks, I'm a very conservative drafter, Joe. In almost every league I play in. I'm a very conservative drafter. So my first couple of picks, I want to know what these guys are going to do. And with Kershaw, Absolutely, I'm really, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm no longer at that point with Kurt, well, that pert, that point with Kurt, Kershaw now, because I know he's mm-hmm. going to get hurt. And when he does, let's say he gets hurt early and he misses 20 starts, that's my fault. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still made the pick. So no, I won't take Kershaw in the first round either. I certainly would take Scherzer in the first round. No issue with that whatsoever. And mm-hmm. you know, finding that second pitcher. I'm not taking Chris Sale in the first round. I think he's got issues as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom, he'll never have a year like he did la- uh, last year, but still, he'd be somebody I'm interested in. And I know a lot of Met fans don't like the moves the Mets have made. Well, long term, yeah, those moves are going to hurt, trading away the young talent. But for this year, the Mets are going to be a better team. So DeGrom won't have to pitch a no-hitter, we, uh, you know, start in and start out to win a game anymore. You know, the Mets will win mm-hmm. games uh, on his offense for him as well. So I think uh, I wouldn't take him in the first round, but I'll take DeGrom at the top of round two. He'll be my second starting pitcher. The well, best starting pitcher uh, in the game. <laughs> at least last year, right? Uh, it's Taz, you're with us, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I yeah, stuffed yeah. something down my throat, and I'm good to go. I don't even want to know what it is, but anyway, uh, <laughs> talking about the, talking about the Mets uh, at first base, uh, uh, George and Taz, Peter Alonso. Uh, yeah, I kind of you know, I'm interested in this guy. What I, I I mean, I know his his fielding is a little off, but uh, the guy can hit. The Mets need a starting hit. first baseman. <laughs> well, do they? This trade, uh, I shouldn't say trade. This uh, signing of Jed Lowry. Screws everything up for Alonzo. Mm, mm, okay. Massively. Yeah. All right. The Mets mm. have too many cooks in the kitchen now. Someone's going to get screwed here. And actually, maybe more than one person getting screwed. Uh, I mean, you look at it. All right. Cano's going to play second. Frazier's going to play third. Rosario plays short. What are you doing with Larry? Huh? Anyone? He didn't, he didn't sign there to be a uh, bench Crickets. Form, right? Crickets. Yeah, he's right. not going to be a super utility guy. He, well, he may be someone of a super utility, but Lowry's not a shortstop. He can play there in emergency. Third base is not great mm-hmm. for him either. He doesn't have the arm strength mm-hmm. to do this. You know, so once again, every now and then, tough right-hander, you want to sit Frazier, you can get away with it. But you think you're going to play him there you know, three, four times a week, that, that weakness will show. So he's, right. going to play, he's going to play a lot of first base. He's so maybe never Lowry played plays first, first either. And yeah, people I mean, think it's first a, base is such an easy position to play. It's not that easy. Just ask uh, Ian Desmond. <laughs> you know, it's easier the than the other infield positions, but it's not easy. That's right, what it is. Right. It's just it's just easier yeah, than yeah. second, short, and third. But it's not mm-hmm. easy. No. So uh, well, just technically, yeah, it technically it's harder just because of knowing how to use your feet. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other positions have to be better at actual fielding. Mm-hmm. And actually, you need to be a good fielding first baseman, too. Ground balls go there as well. The only difference is at first base, you can play more goaltender because you have time. But, but you need to be able to field the ball. And listen, as someone yeah, who watched Walk the Sheriff, you can for, knock the ball down and still make the play at first base. 
Yeah, but if you can't feel, I mean, the ball's still going to roll. It's not like you have all day. Yeah, you need to. You have, there are very few teams in this day and age that want any, anywhere near a bad first pitch. Lowry will be fine catching the ball. That's not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. The problem is, yeah, yeah, he's 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 not the biggest guy, not the biggest target for your throwers. There, how he's going to be scooping balls out of the dirt, no one knows until that actually starts happening. I, I just don't know why the listen. I like Lowry, and if mm-hmm. if and when the Mets have an injury here, well, then it pays off no problem. But uh, right. I mean, you screwed over Dominic Smith. You never gave him a chance, and you wrecked his trade value, which at one time would have been good trade value. Are you doing the same thing with Alonzo now? Now, granted, Alonzo's an American League player anyway because he's an awful fielding first baseman. Yes, you he know, is. You, yes. You're bet- mm-hmm. right. You were hoping he would turn into below average. That's how bad he is. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's below average, you could have lived with it because he could probably hit 40 home runs. But, mm-hmm. you know, what are, what are you going to do with this guy now? Sitting him on the bench to be a pinch hitter or sending him back down to the minors? Yeah, you know, I said Lowry's the, the better player here, but probably not what the Mets truly needed as they really need uh, an outfielder more than anything else. But, hey, it's the Mets. They're still a better team. I don't even know if they really screwed uh, Dominic Smith, though. I mean, I know he has no trade value, but, I mean, he did play 105 games, batted 210. Uh, I mean, I think they gave him a bit of a shot. I don't know. That's just me. Well, uh, this was too short a segment, uh, but when we come back, we're going to be back to football. We got uh, George Kurtz, Jim Day, Joe Galina. Weekend fantasy update. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Great song that Sean Engel, the Fantasy Prince, is bringing us back on. I think this was part of the the Guardian of the Galaxy uh, soundtrack. That soundtrack, it's like a Marvel Marvel superhero movie. It has some really great 1970s music on it. So, uh, you know. My son, a big uh, Brandy, you're a fine girl. And she is. <laughs> what a good wife she would be. <laughs> uh, the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all-new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all-new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA pro tips, subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. So, uh, hey, uh, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is... uh, Conference Championship weekend. A Saints three and a half point favorite over the Rams. Saints are home. Chiefs three point favorite over the Patriots. Chiefs are home. Uh, the Saints uh, playing early, and the Chiefs start at six forty. Why don't we take a look at some of these uh, advanced uh, player prop parlays, uh, guys? Uh, interesting stuff. We were talking uh, did some props on the Saints and Rams game. Why don't we take a look at some of the uh, player props for the Chiefs uh, and the uh, Patriots game. Sound good? Sounds good to me. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, let's take a look at uh, from the Chiefs side. We have uh, Jim. We have Pat Mahomes uh, to throw for 350 plus yards, and Kansas City has to win. So they're they're both tied together, uh, plus 225. 
I kind of like this one. Uh, you know, again, the 350 is stretching it a little bit, and that's the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. They don't make parlays easy. Um, right. <laughs> the, it, mm-hmm. the word sounds nice and, and makes you want to play it, but doesn't mean it's easy. Um, you know, when you have to hit two <laughs> bets or more it, at the same time, odds really go ridiculously down. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in this one, I kind of like this one. Again, I think this game is going to be a high-flying game. Um, and you know what? For uh, a plus 225 line on this game, I, I think I'd have to take a shot at it. It wouldn't be a huge bet because I think the 350 is absolutely pushing it. But you know what? Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a hit. little shot at Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a little shot at it. Uh, it doesn't have to be a big bet to return you know, good value. Mm-hmm. And you like KC to win? I do like KC to win. I do. I do. I mm-hmm. do. Uh, I, I just I, I think this kid is is on a magical mystery tour, Mahomes, and mm-hmm. I think it you know it's only going to get better when he wins that Super Bowl title at the same time. Mm-hmm. What I like about this is I, I think the three fifty, like you said, is high, but I do like I like KC to win, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I just that that three points. I mean, I could see it. Crazy, but I could see it being a little closer than that. I could just, like, you know, just like a, a one or two point uh, difference. But uh, I'm no, not comfortable with crazy three about points. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing George, how do you feel about, about this uh, prop? Pat Mahomes to throw for 350 and uh, Kansas City to win. Well, as Jim said, I mean, you're not going to get a parlay that you, uh, that you love. Probably not anyway, mm-hmm. because they're going to. Mm-hmm. They're going to uh, j- jack it up. Uh, I don't like the 350. But, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you made. If you had two or three parlays like this, you really got to hit one to pay off, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully mm-hmm. it goes through here. So it's in what implied odds. Uh, I do like KC uh, to win, so I like that. 350 is not out of the realm. Yeah, it certainly could happen, especially with the weather not, uh, mm-hmm. well, I guess the weather is cooperating with us. Uh, like Jim said, right? Uh, if I was to do it, it would be a small amount. It certainly wouldn't be a large uh, amount. I don't love it because of the 350, but uh, I don't hate right. it either. It would be, be a small amount. All right, and uh, we'll stick with you from the other side here. Uh, there is another uh, prop bet on Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady, all he has to do is throw 300 yards, and the Patriots have to win. Uh, by the way, we didn't get your we'll, – we'll find out now, George, uh, who you think is going to win this game. <laughs> oh, I said I think KC wins. I, uh, okay. Do you think I they cover? Keep... Minus – yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. – uh, it's. I, it wouldn't shock me. It was a close game. It wouldn't shock me at all here. But I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Casey. So obviously, then I'm not going to go in this parlay. I'm not going to take 300 yards and Pat's win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. But but wait, real uh, quick. I just want to jump in here. This, yeah. this is what. Sure. I, this is what I like when I'm looking at this. Is you know you're getting a a, a plus 225 number for Mahomes to throw 350 and for Casey to win, yet you're only getting a plus 350 from Tom Brady to throw for only 300 yards and the Patriots to win. You know, so it's like they think that Mahomes throwing for 350 and Kansas City winning is a better chance than Brady throwing for 300 yards and the Patriots winning. What do you think, no, George? Well, as, well, yes, no. as well they should. That's why the spread's minus three. <laughs> right, they obviously right. do think that uh, uh, Kansas is going to win the game here. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, but it's a, a pretty big difference, 125. It, to mm-hmm. me, seems like a pretty big difference. Plus, you're adding 50 yards onto Mahomes. I don't know. To me, that that kind of tells me how they, you know, I get the the minus three part, but that's almost like a home minus three points. That's almost a given most often. Um, You know, so that doesn't really bother me as much as them in this instance right here telling me that they think that Kansas City is going to win the game and that there's a good chance Mahomes throws for a bigger number than Tom Brady does. I would agree with them. No. Okay. <laughs> Not going to get any arguments Never from George. Never mind. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's How about telling, but you guys don't want to talk about it. So that's it. That's it. That's it. Take your ball and go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, first touchdown score uh, for the Chiefs. First of all, do you, ha- do you th- have a feeling, uh, Jim, who might be the first uh, Chief to score a touchdown? Before we even just kinda, go over these, uh... okay, I kind of do. Uh, I'm going to go with Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, look, I'm, I'm not the wow. usual Watkins guy. Um, mm-hmm. Never have been. But, you know, in this offense, we've seen him have plenty of big games. Um, well, mm-hmm. not plenty. That's a relative term. Well, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been around that long enough to, to say yeah, yeah. many, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, I – Hey, look, dude, uh, so many talented guys here that I really like. I like Damian Williams a ton. Uh, I like Tyreek Hill. I like Travis Kelsey, although they've done a pretty good job against Kelsey in the past. Uh, you don't really mm-hmm. shut them down, but they've, they've kept them out of the end zone pretty well. Um, I just think Watkins is going to be that, you know, trying fake something to, to Hill's side and come back to Watkins for a score type of play that I, I could see absolutely being the first and, and at plus 1,200. Man, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to take a shot on that. That's going to be one of the ones I'm, I'm absolutely going to take a, a big shot at this week. I, again, it's not going to be a big money bet. It'll probably be 10 bucks, But I, I think mm-hmm. that's a, a bet I want to make. And, you know, I don't know. I just have this gut feeling again. All right. That, that gut gets in your way sometimes. Well, that plus 1,200. <laughs> <laughs> my too. Believe me. But uh, did you feel that way before you saw this bet? Or, I mean, you know, because... Or did did you see the odds and you said, hey, you know, I want Watkins? Well, I, I've been look, you know looking into Watkins a lot this week because I have him in a lot of my DFS lineups. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think he's you know a guy that's going to be a play. He he looked much better to me last week than I thought he would. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that he'd missed so much time and they were hesitant even into the week about whether or not he was going to play kind of put me off. I, I didn't expect him to come back and look as fluid as he did. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. know he, he put the ball on the ground. I know he had that, and you know, but he made a couple of really nice catches. Made a couple really nice, uh, ran a couple of really nice routes, um, and mm-hmm. he looked good to me. He looked fluid. So I think in this game, I think he has a good shot to to do some damage. And uh, in, in DFS lineups, I think he represents great value. George, what do you think uh, has the best shot among the Chiefs to score their first touchdown? Well, I, you sort of mentioned when you talk with Jim, I wouldn't look at the players once I would look at the odds. Okay. Uh, and I'm looking, I would look at whoever has the best payoff. That's uh, a decent mm-hmm. name. I'm not looking at the Robinson or Conley, someone like that. But other big names, uh, Watkins, Kelsey, Williams. Obviously, it's not going to be Kelsey. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be Tyree Kelsey. You're looking at the uh, secondary guys. And like Jim said, I love the, uh, it's, it's well worth the gamble here. If it's not Watkins, mm-hmm. well, the odds of you getting it right anyway weren't good. Mm-hmm. All right, so go with the guy who gets the biggest payoff here that has a, a legitimate shot. I think Watkins has that shot. He was using the offense last week. It wasn't like they forgot about him. He's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots, what do we know what Bill Belichick's going to try and do? He's going to try and take away something. It won't be Watkins. All right, he may try and take away Kelsey. He may try and take away Hill. He may try and take away Williams. He has any that could be true. against Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so, uh, but he, the bottom line is he's not going to try and take away Watkins. He might be uh, what some consider the safest bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hill has had some good games. Why I like the, him in DFS. <laughs> yeah. What about Mahomes at plus fifteen hundred? Didn't throw any uh, touchdown passes last week, but actually run ran for one. Once yeah, again, yeah, you, you want to put five dollars on it? Fine. <laughs> right. He doesn't. He's not really mm-hmm. big on that. So uh, he's not. He's not like he's mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Someone's gonna. Oh, Cam Newton. Loves right. to move, but he's always looking mm-hmm. down the field to throw the ball. You know, and mm-hmm. he has no problem running around, but he, he always, almost always stays behind that line of scrimmage looking to get the ball down the field, and that's one of the things I love about him. Right. Agreed. I'm not, I'm not uh, going that direction either. All right. Jim, what direction are you going with uh, when it comes to Patriots in terms of uh, first touchdown scored? Uh, the, uh, it goes from Sony Michelle at plus 700 to Tom Brady at plus 8,000. <laughs> yeah, see, now th- this is another one where I think it's going to be some off-the-name uh, guy who's going to do it, and uh, you could know, be Burkhead. <laughs> it, it could be Burkhead, but I, I, I'm going to go back and At look. Plus thirty four hundred bet here. Uh, if I'm going to mm-hmm. place a bet here, I'm going to go with James Devlin. It's not going to be a big mm-hmm. bet. <laughs> we're not we're not talking big money here. Probably five bucks uh, on right. Devlin to win it at plus sixty five hundred, just because mm-hmm. it's Bill Belichick and he wants to you know be the smartest <laughs> guy on on the field every week and you know right. giving Devlin the ball there after Sony Michelle's coming off a three touchdown performance just sounds so Belichick like. Hmm. It's not like De- Devlin hasn't scored a touchdown or two this so far this season, right? No, no. Championship week, you know, during playoff weeks for fantasy, he came in, stepped in with two touchdowns uh, after Michelle got him there. So I could see mm-hmm, that exact mm-hmm. same thing happening this week. 
George, who do you uh, who do you like amongst this uh, list here? Like I said, Sony Michelle plus seven hundred. Uh, how about Rob Gronkowski plus a thousand? Uh, Brady at plus eight thousand. Philip Dorsett plus eighteen hundred. Any of these guys, or maybe someone else? Surprised Gronk's not a little higher than a plus a thousand. I mean, uh, Kaya's not done nothing of late. Uh, he was somebody I might have been leaning to if he was double that. Uh, you know, right. I know it's crazy, but uh, I was sort of flipping in my head between Brady and Devlin because you know if they can get down to the goal line, you know, if they could just sneak it in. You know, Brady does that. Mm-hmm. He, he sneaks it in a lot. Yep. Just lines up real quick and goes here. So I think I would actually go for Brady. I mean, listen, the odds are against it happening. We all know that. But this is why you're putting five, ten dollars on it. Just hey, let's see what happens. Shit, right, maybe right. it works out. Maybe just, it doesn't. Just to have some skin in the game, right? To have a little fun as you're watching it, right? Oh, yeah, I'll probably have I'll probably have ten prop bets on each game. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have a bunch myself. There's a there's a few I really like. Uh, give us one that, that you love there, uh, Jim. Well, just go back to the player props, and and one of the ones I, I really like is uh, is Pat Mahomes rushing over 15.5 yards. I know we say he doesn't do it often, but I think mm-hmm, he will mm-hmm. a couple of times in this. And 15 and a half yards, I, I got to take the over there. Uh, I think he runs mm-hmm. for, you know, 20, 25 yards in this one, and uh, 15 is a, is a nice, easy number, or at least seems so to me. Anything uh, intrigue you, uh, George Kurtz, either in the specific player or the game specials? Like anything that sticks out at you? Well, I mean, I, uh, I know in the New Orleans game, I love the Kamara as far as uh, rushing and receiving over 102. I'm going to take that mm-hmm. uh, and go with it. Uh, Gurley, uh, we said 67. I like that as well here. And Chiefs Patriots. I mean, there are some numbers that I'm intriguing in, I'm intrigued by. The 15.5 from Mahomes, if I was going to bet, I'd go over that as well. I think that happens here. Uh, a number I happen to uh, like, I mean, 13.5 yards for Chris Conley? It's pretty much one catch. Can he get one catch? You know, a guy who's not going to be game-planned against. You know, so I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Chris Conley. It's one catch, 14 yards. All I'm asking for, I got four quarters to get it. Four quarters, man. Right. And it'll be one that'll drive me insane, I know. But uh, I'll, I'll go with you'll, Chris Conley. You'll be fighting that one right to the wire. <laughs> Goffman should be like the first play of the first quarter. Oh, Conley's wide open for 15. Yeah. yeah there like. you go. You'll be nuts. <laughs> so, Kurtz, you have a little less than two minutes with us. Saints, Rams, Saints, three-and-a-half point favorite. Who do you like in this game? I like the Rams. I like the Rams. Mm-hmm. I've liked them all week. I just don't. To cover or like to win. win or to both? I have to win. I uh, the win. I, mm-hmm. I have I have the Rams. I have Rams Chiefs. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. think the Rams are playing uh, pretty well right now. I think things have matched up against them. New Orleans a little banged up. They can't may not be able to stop the run. Like the way the Rams are playing. I have Rams upsetting New Orleans. Wow. Mm. I, I you know look I picked them in the preseason but I kind of bounced off them this week. I think Saints do it at home. I, I just they're so tough to beat in that damn dome. And uh, you know the two guys that are out. I I don't you know I. Ranking is the one that hurts him the most, but the fact that Watson is out and Kirkwood is out doesn't matter a lot to, at all to right. Breeze. I think that doesn't bother him. So I, I yeah, I, I can't. I I hope you're right. I hope it gets there. I'd love to see the Rams there. I just don't think it's going to happen. All right, I, I'm with uh, Jim Day on this. I take the uh, the Saints to cover the three and a half, but uh, you know, should be an interesting game. And I want George Kurtz because I'm concerned with that little cough and the congestion you're suffering with. Uh, they say the chocolate actually uh, is just as good as cough syrup. So get yourself some chocolate and uh, nice. feel better this afternoon. There you Who go. The okay. Is that? <laughs> I know that person. Uh, it was in the news this week. I don't know. But anyway, thanks for Pizza joining good us, too. George Kurtz. Yeah, pizza too. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. We'll be back. Hour number four of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 